0: Thank you so much for staying with us. We're checking in on the Commissioner, a Children's Commissioner. Uh, we last spoke when she just started in office and uh, lots of work that she's been involved with uh, recently. I know that they also had a session in Parliament last week, but I want to specifically ask her about the West Coast Report, Commissioner Christina Nomdo, Western Capes Commissioner for Children, on the line with us this afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, Commissioner. Welcome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for calling. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you've done in 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 the West Coast report. Um, some of the insights that you've got you've, you've gathered from talking to children and obviously their guardians. Yes,
1: I think that one of the most
0: important strategies of the commissioner's office is to touch base with
1: children in their lived realities. So it's useless for me to sit in an office in Cape Town and say that I understand the realities of children across the province. So. I ventured out to the West Coast in October and November of last year mm-hmm. and conducted workshops with children and their guardians, mm-hmm. correct and um, the the main uh, orientation of those workshops is to under to gain an awareness and understanding of child rights mm-hmm. by both parents and children. But most exciting for both parties are that they are given the opportunities to give advice. Mm-hmm to the departments for which mm-hmm. I have oversight, which is health, social development, education and sports and culture.
0: Mm-hmm. And just how difficult was this work then? If you said you went around November when when we were still in the middle of COVID, we still are. Uh, how difficult was it for you to go and engage them in the communities? Yes, I mean, I worked very closely with the Department of Health so that,
1: we could observe all protocols and also with, um, you know, the, the, the outreach was really made possible by the Department of Local Government mm. who have community development workers, can tell us what the status of the community is, and the health department tells us what the health status is like. And, and then
0: we, we conduct workshops in the safest way possible. Mm. And talk to me about what they highlighted the most uh, in these workshops.
1: I think that, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, we, we, call, we start with a safety map sure. and, uh, you know, children are um, drawing places of safety and uh, dangerous places. Mm. And even the places of safety are dangerous. Mm-hmm. So they have to mitigate that by moving in groups, perhaps. Mm-hmm. If they have to go to the shop, there's good things at the shop, but there's also bad things mm-hmm. at the shop. Mm-hmm. There's good things at the school, but also bad things at the school. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, children are left to to actually use their wisdom and say, let's move in groups. Let's um, Let's not go there during that time of day. So they become very aware of the risks that they have to face from a safety perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, from a health perspective, we really felt that the ethos of care may be a little bit, um, you know, we, we could do lots more work on that, yep. more approachable health practitioners yes. and facilities. And in the education, um, you know, I in, in the West Coast, every school, reported that there's still the use of corporal punishment and that is very alarming for me um, since uh, we abolished corporal punishment in schools long ago social development um, they were very aware children as well as their parents that that we need some prevention measures not just responsive measures Mm -hmm. but we need to have programs that build resilience and build skills for, uh, for children, for example, so that they stay in school longer or that they um, have extramural activities so that they don't engage in antisocial behaviors. Mm-hmm. From a cultural affairs and sport um, perspective, I, I noted there that we need to l- really level the playing field. <laughs> I say that anecdotally, but, yes. you know, the fields are, for example, they will say, There are pigs on the field. There are broken bottles and sand on the field where we're supposed to do our athletics. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those were the... The, that's what the information that the children gave me about their lived realities.
0: There's, They went into some detail about, I mean, this is interesting, about what they feel are, are attitudes that we need to correct as adults uh, when they go to clinics, for instance, and where they say, you know, the nurses could be nice and so on. I thought that was quite telling. Yes, uh, like I say, I think
1: uh, across the board in the social cluster, Mm. uh, I will focus a lot on trying to get the government departments to reflect on the ethos of care. Mm. It's not just enough to provide the services. It's how you engage people that also afford them the right to dignity Mm -hmm. and equality. You know, the way you feel when you go to a place, and it's welcoming and you feel as if your, your confidences will be kept at the clinic and, and the sister or the nurse is very really helpful. You go away feeling human, you know. Okay. Uh, the opposite of that is you feel dehumanized. You feel as if your dignity is violated. And the information that you get from the health uh, system then you treat with scepticism yeah. because you don't trust that person who's given you this health advice. Christ- so I think that I've already had significant
0: um, conversations with the Department of, of Health around this issue. Just, I mean, I'm listening to this and I, and I think to myself, these are children who, who are thoughtful. These are things, children who are observant. And so then one wonders, you know, if we have children who, who in our communities are so aware of or what is right and what is wrong you know whether we agree or not on that um, but then how do then they how do we get the other type of children who 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 are the adverse
1: these are all children in yeah. one community i spoke with every single child that was present in that community sure. so it's not the the high achievers yes. it's not the special children it's not the bright sparks in a community um, you know, I, I really engaged with anybody and everybody who wanted to talk with me. Yes. Um, like I say, for example, in the Clip Run community, which is a quite closed community, mm-hmm. and you have to travel 80 kilometers on a gravel road to get to that community. Mm-hmm. I spoke to every single child from grade one to grade 12. So... Um, And and they worked and spoke with me quite openly and honestly. We always think of children as cute, but we don't think of them as capable. Yes. And all children are capable, actually, you know. Um, You say they are especially observant. All children are especially observant. All children understand what's going on around them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, the, the reason I was asking you this question is that it, then there must be a point where we lose them, you know, and then they turn to criminality and so on. And I wonder, you know, where, where as society do we do we let them down? Because they they're saying at this point, you know, they're aware of where it's not safe. They're aware of what's right and wrong. They're aware of how people speak to them and so on. And, and at some point, I guess they're also aware when we don't meet them halfway, you know and and our job obviously is how do we meet them so that we don't lose them in society to 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 being you know adults that that are not working with the community um from from a safety point of view and so on yes
1: i think you know this was my conversation with parents especially i mm. said you are the first children's rights champions mm. you know, you are the first line of defense um If your home is not conducive Mm. to positive and optimal development of the child, there is where we let them down, right from the starting blocks. So if your home has, you know, violence, if there's drug and alcohol abuse, if there's complete neglect of children, which are some of the stories that I've heard, um, in all communities, so it's not like yep. a, a single example of some children that have, you know, by and large, we as adults are not fulfilling our duty of care towards children optimally. And and that's why I go to communities and I talk with parents and I encourage them to take up this duty of care to, to say, yes, you have had disappointments in your life. Um, you know, heal from that traumas of your past, so that you can provide for your child a better foundation for the future. And and you can start very simply by just stabilizing your household, or um, you know, helping with the homework, encouraging them to go to school um, in these covert times as often as they're allowed to go. Mm-hmm. So I think that we
0: we are failing right at the starting blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about safety. Do they feel that their safety is not is really predominantly in their own hands?
1: I, I think that we leave too much responsibility on children's shoulders to keep themselves safe, and, and it's not what we should be doing. Yeah. We, we should be their protectors. Mm-hmm. We should be um, giving them conducive environments in which to grow and develop. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an anecdote that, that came from... Uh, one of the communities, uh, I I let them I let children uh, draw the same safety maps as I uh, the community maps as I as I asked the parents to draw, mm-hmm. and then with the, when I come to the parents' maps, I said, where do the drug dealers live? Yeah, where where's alcohol? And you know, yeah. in one of those communities, um, the parents told me, ask the children; they will sure. tell you the truth. Sure. And so you know, that sure. was a really heart-wrenching experience for me where where parents know that they're culpable yeah. of, of certain negative influences on the children and they know that the children know mm. <laughs> of these spaces, of these places, of their behaviors and the children will talk out. And I, and I think also, you know, uh, that's why we have so, so many children who have lost trust in adults. Mm. You know, they, they don't know which adult they can actually trust. If the teacher is not good, the parents are not good, the, health, the clinic sister is not good, the social worker is not good. If the adults around them are not good, then, you know, they they seek solace within each other, within their own groupings, within themselves. And that's really not how... We are should we should be supporting our children.
0: I know that you're also compiling some input for the Children's Amendment Bill. Could you talk to us about some of the issues that you want to to be reflected on for that amendment bill? Yes, um, you know we we had
1: uh, quite a historic session on Friday mm. last evening. It was quite clandestine mm. actually, mm. Um, and it was a closed session of Parliament, the first ever of its kind in the history of the country where parliamentarians agree to meet children yes. after school hours, in the evening, um, <laughs> and to, you know, we were yes. there up until 8 o'clock, I think, with them. Yes. And um, we were talking with them about what the children want yeah. and what the young people want mm-hmm. in the new Children's Act. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the, the biggest thing that that they say that they they really want is this transformed relationship between parent and child mm. um you know they they really are very um keen to to have mm. these four things that they ask for mm-hmm. around the relationships between parents and children mm-hmm. they say all children are worthy of love from their caregivers. Mm-hmm. Now, that's quite a telling mm-hmm. statement. Mm-hmm. Good parents are not determined by gender identity. <laughs> they say the law is biased and not really promoting equality. Mm-hmm. They say all children deserve good parents, which means parents mm-hmm. that don't hurt them and harm them, and that government should support parents to become good parents. Mm-hmm. So, those are the four key messages that they had to share with Parliament on friday night, sure, and there were nine children from a group which uh, are my children's advisors in my office. I call them child government monitors. Yes, yes. And nine of them made presentations on these points on Friday evening.
0: I mean, I'm curious with your observations, particularly when you speak to the parents and so on, and and from what the children are saying, where where do we really need to address our issues with children as parents, as communities? It starts in the home. Yeah. (laughs) Everything starts in the home. So we,
1: we note, you know, the, these um, uh, alarmist behavior after things have gone horribly wrong, mm. you know, but, but we don't really want to take responsibility for the foundation that we lay for our children. And that's why I think that, that my work really is to heal that relationship between parents and their children as much as possible. Yeah. Because I can't be the superhero all the time sweeping in to, to change things and, and help where things go wrong. Like I say, parents are the first line of defense. Parents should be the first child rights champion.
0: You know, they speak about um, having the right to good parents and access to parents and not, um, you know, looking at gender roles as the determining factor to who the good parent is. I'm wondering about your engagement with the the Justice Department, you know, the, the family courts. T- to what extent they get involved in this kind of feedback?
1: So uh, later in this year um you know my mandate is only in the social cluster yes, yes, but it, but it doesn't mean that i can't lobby and advocate for children's rights with other parts of government mm. and so i i have started to speak with the key role players in justice um as well as on the social side and and we we've decided we're going to get together to understand for example what a child-friendly criminal justice system looks like. Mm. But my view is that we need to look at prevention of violence. And so it is the social cluster that we must invest in Mm. so that we don't get to the pipeline of Mm. the criminal justice Mm. system. We need to start in the home and then with the supportive environment of the social cluster departments in order to create optimal environments for children to develop and grow.
0: I hear you. I hear you. But we also have spaces where children are also affected by, as I said, that's why I was asking about family courts as well, where it's not necessarily violent, but it is, um, they are in the crossfire of adults. um, And they unfortunately get to bear the brunt of that crossfire. Um, And to what extent we can at least bring, you know, social workers also helping us with the family courts in that aspect? I
1: I will be looking into that in more detail um, in the coming year. I have just at the moment one staff member, oh. and we are building the office oh. from scratch. It's a brand new office. I know. We know. <laughs> we, we so, know. so we I know. do ask people to be a little bit patient with us, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to give us feedback about where they would like us to concentrate our energies. Yes. Um But but. I think that we, we've made a start, you yep. know, in going to do community Absolutely. child rights workshops. Yeah. Uh, even just before Easter of this year, I went to the Hessequa municipality, which is Albertinia, just before the garden route. Mm-hmm. And I conducted in that entire municipality also children's rights workshops. So we're going out
0: to where the children are, yeah. you know? Look, I mean, you, yes, it's a mammoth task. And, and we really, <laughs> uh, we, I mean, I didn't realize there's only one member of staff <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a mammoth task, and and you've done a lot so far. Let's not take that for granted. We really appreciate it, and and thank you for for being so loyal to children. Because I think you know who else is going to thank you? Thank you for being so loyal to children. Uh, my my reward comes in uh,
1: when, when the children start to trust me and start to share with me and want to be change agents mm. themselves, and that's why really I really I get the most reward and feedback. From my child advisors in my yes. office, who always keep me on track yeah. and tell me when I'm uh, when I need to step up my game. <laughs>
0: and, and just a quick one, um, just by way of assessing COVID and its effect on children. We were just speaking about hunger and how, what you know what effect it has on children. Um, your your perspective and and when you go around, are, are they how how has COVID affected children?
1: So we did a particular consultation around. Um, children in COVID, learning in COVID times. Yes. And there were four areas that came out very strongly. Uh, it was uh, around the adapting to distance learning mm-hmm. in COVID times, mm-hmm. as well as these new protocols, the health protocols that children had to, um, you know, endure. That's what they call it. They say they had to endure it because it's not easy to talk uh, through a mask and not hug your fellow pupils, um, so so they had to endure that. They also had concerns about how much they were actually learning last year, and there there was uh, like mixed feelings about re- returning to school. So those were the four areas that they that they had something to say about, um, and I'll, I'm going to read you some quotes that they provided to me Mm. on on some of that. So you can choose one, Mm -hmm. uh, adapting to distance learning, concerns about finishing the year, or health protocols, or returning to school.
0: Returning to school.
1: Okay. I'm just happy to see my friends getting to do new work and meeting my new teachers. B.R. from Weinberg, grade 8. The teachers pulled down their masks while they were trying to teach i am from bellevue grade 3 So you can see
0: that children are very honest about what they experience and they call out the adults. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing, that teachers pull down their masks while they're trying to teach. Uh, it's, It's really been, I'm sure it's a joy for you, but thank you for the work that you're doing and really thanks for your time. I know that you are really busy and as you said, you know, very limited staff and resources, but really appreciate the fact that you do make an effort. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope to speak to you again soon. We will definitely, Commissioner of, uh, for Children, Commissioner Christina Nomdo uh, with the Western Cape Commissioner for Children. That brings us to 2 o'clock.